Well, everyone, hello. My name is Lena, and I want to welcome you back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. I'm glad you're here. If you've stopped here before, then you know exactly what we do. But every week or so, we talk about hope. I try to focus my attention on the hope that we have in Jesus. And we do that by inviting different people to tell their stories. Today's story is so fun. It is a person that might be well known to you. And if you don't recognize her name, you will recognize her voice. It is Meredith Andrews Suter, and she is a worship leader and a songwriter and a musician, and more, more importantly, a worshiper of God. She's won many awards. We're going to get into all of that in a minute. She's a North Carolina girl who's now in Nashville, Tennessee. So Meredith, good to have you on today. Thanks, Lena. It's so good to be here. There's so much that can be said about you, but I uh, thought maybe we'd just talk through it and see uh, where this conversation will go. Sounds so I always, I always start the conversation with asking people the most obvious question, uh, which is, how did you come to know Jesus? Yeah. Well, I actually grew up in a small church in a small town in North Carolina, um, we'll tell called Wilson. And my parents were super involved there. And I was there every time the doors were open and I loved it. But when I was five, I remember my pastor gave an invitation for salvation for people who wanted to come forward and give their lives to Jesus. And so I did. And I actually ended up responding to that invitation three weeks in a row just to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to make sure I was in. And finally, mom was like, no, you're good. You only have to do it one time. I was like, oh, okay, great. Good to know. Um, But yeah, so since I was little, I've been walking with the Lord. And um, But when I was 12 was when I really um, started developing this personal relationship with Jesus. And I... Really, it was my um, response to his pursuit of me. Um, when I was 12, God just started doing some amazing things in our church. And um, a couple of people that we had been praying for for a long time that were, you know, since we were so small, we were all very close knit and everybody was best friends. And we had been praying for my mom's best friend's son for the longest time. And he got radically saved and changed. And it basically sent revival to our church. Mm. And so around that time was when I just started spending time in God's presence and reading the Bible and getting up early to pray. And I'd turn on my worship music, um, you know, old delirious and vineyard. And, and I would just spend, spend time in God's presence and he would just start to reveal himself to me. So, you know, even though I gave my heart to Jesus when I was five and I've known the Lord for a long time, I can see, you know, when I was 12 was when I started really following him, really like dedicating my life to him. And then well, you are a songwriter, just to interrupt for a second. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. were you listening to in those days? Cause that, that must have influenced you a bit. So you mentioned Vineyard Delirious. I got to confess, I didn't listen to a lot of Delirious. <laughs> was, did you have an eclectic taste or were you just all worship songs? Or uh, No, it was definitely eclectic but uh i listened to mostly like christian music but a lot of worship so delirious cutting edge was my favorite that was like a two disc <laughs> thing and it was my favorite lena you got to go back and listen to those i am going to <laughs> i'll put like, a link for oh people God, so good. um and then like yeah old darlene check and like original hill song you know that was what i grew up on and that was what kind of cultivated this desire in me for worship when, when did you start like walking around the house belting songs Oh gosh. I mean, I was probably six or seven when I did because my mom would practice throughout the house, you know, every week because she would be on, she was on the worship team and I would just listen to her and then I'd just start singing too. And she's like, why don't you sing with me? And I would be like, okay. Can your mom, can your mom sing? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, so did, could she tell like listening to you as a child, like, oh, I think my daughter has talent or was it sort of a surprise? I mean, walk us through some of that childhood. What did she do to encourage you to keep doing it? Or was it just in in you. 
Well, I, I think she she recognized that I could actually sing on pitch. <laughs> and so <laughs> um, as I would sit and listen to her practice with her little karaoke machine, um, I would sing along. And, and eventually, I don't know who asked me if it was her or, or pastor or what, but I, when I was six years old, I sang my first solo in church. And it was, six. I love you, Lord. Yeah, six. I mean, so Lena, cute. this is a small church. They were probably hurting for special music. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah, they're like, throw the, throw the little girl up there. It'll at least be cute, you know. But you loved it, huh? I mean, it was. I did, obviously. It had stuck, and I've been doing it ever since. And so uh, now, even as a, like now you were moved past into the teenage years, did you start writing your own songs? Like, when did that take flourishing? Yeah, when I was 12, I wrote my first song, and it had six verses and no chorus. Uh, I guess I thought I was a modern day hymn writer, but you have to start somewhere, you know? Did you you put it to music? Do you, you know it? Yeah, I just would like, I had a little keyboard and I would play it and sing it and write down the lyrics on like a legal pad. And um, eventually I started to kind of build a repertoire and I had several songs that I'd written and I was like, well, what do I do with these songs? I was starting to sing them some at my church and, and other churches would invite me to come sing. And I ended up just trying to copyright them because I thought that that was important. So I recorded them on a tape. I printed out all the lyrics and I sent them to Washington, D.C. And then they sent me, sent them back to me with a stamp on it that said copyrighted. And I was just like, well, That's well, you know, I, how old are you? That's awesome. No, I was seriously like 13 or 14 when I did that. So. so like even at that time, you were being asked to go around to other churches to sing. Yeah, just in our area, like our little town. And, and like, can you remember, I mean, what are the lyrics of one early song? One of your earliest songs, like what kind of things were you writing or is that too far back? No, I mean, it, I can remember some of them. Um, let me see. Uh, the first song I ever wrote was called That Cross. And it was like, I mean, you have to understand I was 12. No, no, come on. No, I love it. Come on. Tell us <laughs> what it sounded like. Um, it was something like there is a cross that stands in the, in the distance, the emblem of suffering and shame. Um, and I don't remember anything else. That's good, though. I mean, that's awesome. But you had an influence. You guys sang worship or hymns in your church. I mean, you can tell, like, there's a bit of that, that, that some of that verbiage of the old hymns. Sure. We sang old hymns and we sang um, modern worship choruses as well. You know, we had the little projector screen where we throw the transparencies up there. When I wasn't singing, I'd run transparencies. I mean, like, we were... Really? We were now, now, I wonder if maybe some kids might be listening, you know, to because a lot of people know your name and are probably tuning into this podcast. But I mean, speak to that, you know, I don't know, eight to 15 year old that, you know, wants to sing, doesn't know where, I mean, did it just come so naturally? Is it, who was mentoring you in that time? Or did you just express what was happening in your heart to the Lord? Like, talk to that person yeah. who might be young and have a dream to worship God more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, Lena, first, uh, we have to be worshipers before we can be worshipers leaders. And, you know, we live in such a celebrity culture. When I was growing up, there was no social media. You know, I didn't have a phone until I was 18. Um, so, and, and, and some people that are listening are like, well, I didn't have a phone until I was like in my twenties, but <laughs> I think it, 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 the social media aspect and the celebrity aspect of, of everything, the culture that we live in these days influences kids so much. But I look at Jesus life and I go, he was never a celebrity. And in fact, 
he spent the first 30 years of his life in total obscurity. And I'm like, if I want to pattern my life after someone, I want it to be Jesus. And so what does that look like for me? And to me, it is God is so intentional in the hidden years. And and there's a growing process that happens. It's a journey and it's absolutely necessary. It's not about, you know, this all, all of a sudden overnight success or fame, but it's about just going, God, all right, what have you put on my life? And what do you need to do in me before you do anything through me? And so even as like a young girl and anybody who's listening that's young, I would just encourage you, you know, what is it that God's put, what is it that you love? What is it that God has put in your heart to do? And just serve him in the little things, be faithful in the little things. And Lena, when I was 17, I went to a Rebecca St. James concert mm-hmm. and was kind of feeling that burning in my heart to do what she was doing. And God said to me, be faithful where I've placed you. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I've carried my whole life, my whole ministry. Wow. I remember Rebecca St. James. Man, yeah. I haven't heard her name in a while either. She was Australian. Yep. That's great. And so yeah, then you went to Liberty. Yes. How did, was it an obvious choice because you're in North Carolina and you wanted to go to Christian school or? Well, you're not real. I mean, kind of. I, I honestly, my senior year of high school, I uh, went on the road with a group called Truth. They're no longer around anymore, but they would they would travel the country in a tour bus and sing and, uh, and minister to people. And they asked me to open up for their Christmas tour my senior year. So as a 17-year-old, I went on a bus tour for the first time. Wow. And I kind of got bit by the tour bug. And I was like, I want to do this forever. Um, you know, but yeah. God was like, no, I have other plans. And so my my parents and I had lots of conversations about that. And I was like, I don't need to go to college. And they were like beside themselves. But finally I just had this, like, I don't know. One day I had a conversation with a friend and I was like, I'm supposed to go to Liberty. I just know I'm supposed to go to Liberty. And so when I was there, I was on, um, a traveling worship team my first two years that focused on missions. Uh, we would go on mission trips overseas and we would do mission conferences every weekend, disciple now, wow. like that. And then my last two years, I was on um, the campus praise band and we would lead worship for all the campus services for our student body, and which was end up uh, which ended up being about six times a week. And uh, but I loved it so much and really thankful for my time at Liberty. What did you study there? I studied family and child development. I was in a little bit of denial as to what I was supposed to be doing with my life. Like I knew that God was going to, you know, uh, had called me to, to lead worship and, and to be in ministry. But I also had a huge heart for missions and for kids that were underprivileged. My parents were foster parents growing up. So I've always loved ch- children and especially children that um, didn't have the opportunities that I had. So my plans after school were to actually move to Guatemala and work in an orphanage, but um, God had different plans. So. Well, but you might have, you know, you, you probably were starting to see some pattern. I mean, God was, was bearing fruit in, in your worship ministry, you know, career, so to speak. What was that one? Like the end of Liberty was when you got your first record deal or walk us through sort of that transition out of college into what is now, um, your work. Right. So, um, the summer after I graduated, I had, I had released an independent, uh, worship album my senior year. And then nine of my friends and I went on the road in a, in a, 15 passenger van and trailer, like the whole summer, you know, mostly doing camps and whatever church would have us. And like, well, it was just awesome. So much. That sounds awesome. I know. I was like, now as a 36 year old woman with three children, uh, that sounds like misery, but that could have been my life. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. And so, and was, was, was your husband part of that group at that time? No, I didn't know Jacob yet. So, um, 
I, I traveled that summer and then um, stayed in Lynchburg for another year. And, and I actually taught a Bible study. And then I would travel every week to Austin, Texas and lead worship for a young adult ministry. And then I'd travel some on the weekend. Oh. So I was just kind of getting my feet under me and trying to figure out where God wanted me. I got offered a job at a church in Chicago, which is actually, you know, where we met Lena. Yeah. And um, I was there. I moved up there in 2006. As soon as I moved up there, I got an email from a guy in Nashville asking me to come to Nashville um, and start writing with him. And so, and I knew this guy was credible. His name's Jason Ingram. He's written so sure. many for the Chip church. Ingram's son. Exactly. Which is funny because he probably has, he, he's recognized for his own name, but I still think it's funny because I know Chip Ingram. I mean, oh, I know, right. I listen to his ministry and I'm like, I don't know who Jason Ingram, but I know that. Because you're in the speaker world and I'm in the right. world. <laughs> That's um, funny. I started writing with him. I, I come down about once a month and then um, ended up signing a record deal. Well, I ended up meeting Jacob first about six months after that. What was he doing? He was playing keys for Jeremy Camp and met at one of the Jeremy Camp concerts and went on our first date the next day. You knew right away when you we, saw we him. You knew right away. He had no idea what I did. Like I kind of told him like, yeah, I, I lead worship at a church and I do music, but he, he didn't, he didn't know anything, you know. Yeah, know. yeah, 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 yeah. It was actually really That's refreshing funny. that he didn't Was like he surprised it. when he heard you sing? Like, was he like, oh my gosh, you're like an actual, like yeah, you're not just. Yeah, kind of like, wow, I didn't know you were that big of a deal. I'm like, well, I'm not a big deal, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How long did you guys date before you got married? Uh, 13 months, so a little over a year. And he and started pray, playing for you right away? Uh, like, yeah, you know, pretty much. Yeah. The first time he played for me was before we were engaged. Um, and then, yeah, he was, he was, he was playing for me that whole time. And, uh, he actually stayed on the road with Jeremy about four months into our marriage. So we kind of had to navigate that. Um, I signed a record deal before we got married and released a record the month before we got married. So that was just a crazy year back in 2007, 2008. Um, let's, let's pause for a minute on that because your first record, is that the record that had not for a moment or was that after? No, that was after the first record that I released on word was a, had a song called you're not alone. Oh yeah. 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 It's in my list of my favorite uh, Meredith Andrews songs. I mean, that <laughs> song is incredible. So, I want, so let's, I want you to talk a little bit about that because your lyrics are really powerful and really, um, um, uh, they just really resonate. And, and, and you seem like, you know, you've had sort of a, in some ways, looking from the outside, you've been well, sort of an idyllic life. You know, you grow up in a town or you sing right away, you go to Liberty, you know, things are sort of smooth, but you write about pain. Where does this come from? This, like, even talk about that song, um, You're Not Alone, an amazing song. And in yeah. fact, I have the lyrics here pulled up. Um, no, that one is, is uh, let me pull it up. I had not for a moment pulled up. I was looking at all your lyrics and maybe you know them all. I don't, do you, do you memorize all of your songs or? Uh, especially the ones that, <coughs> excuse me, that I sing a lot. A lot, and, right. So there we go. Long, man, I've probably seen that song a thousand times, but um, I mean, and I, and I, and I didn't, we didn't say ahead of time, like, we're not going to have you sing unless you feel led by the spirit of God, but you probably are you protective of your voice. My voice. I, right, I lost right. my voice this weekend. It's actually just now coming back. So I sound a little raspier. I don't even know how it sounds right now. Trying no, to no, it's all good. No, I want to read some of the lyrics though. Cause I think it's, yeah. it's such an awesome song. I searched for love when the night came and it closed in. I was alone, but you found me where I was hiding and now I'll never be the same. It was the sweetest voice that called my name saying you're not alone for I am here let me wipe away your every fear my love I've never left your side I've seen you through the darkest night and I'm the one who's loved you all your life all your life it's an awesome song thank you yeah so that song actually came out I think it's probably the maybe one of the last songs I ever wrote by myself because I, I collaborate a lot I write most I write with other people now um but 
I did. It, it, that song came out of the time when I had moved to Chicago. And, you know, we talked about how yeah. in the South and it was hard. I, I left everything I knew, everyone I loved. And you, you know how it is. Like if you're, if you move to a different place and you have to start over, like the most daunting part of it is I think just rebuilding relationships and finding your people and going, all right, who, who is, Mm. Who are my friends and my family really that I'm going to surround myself with? Because I was so far from my parents and my siblings. And so um, I was just, I was just feeling really alone and even questioning like, God, did you really call me here? And mm. so when I was at home for Thanksgiving that year, I sat down at the piano one night, like everybody had gone to bed and uh, you know, it was a piano that I'd grown up playing. It was in my my parents' living room and I just started weeping and I was like, God, where are you? Because I believe you've called me here and I'm trying to be obedient, but I feel really alone and I feel, I don't, I feel like nobody knows me, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when you just want to, you want to yeah. know that you're known and, and, and accepted. And, um, and I was just in that process of trying to get to know people. And wow. I just poured out my heart to the Lord and, and I feel it was like in that moment, Lena, he just gave me that song in about 45 minutes and I was writing on my legal pad with a pencil and playing it and then I'd write and then I'd play it on the piano and it was like God just downloaded it to me less than an hour and um and I, I could barely see through my tears. It was just I, the Lord wow. assuring me that his promises for us are yes and amen in Christ Jesus and they're always true and if he says he's not going to leave us, then he's not going to leave us. And so it was just a reminder. And that song, every time I sing it reminds me, no matter what I walk through, no matter what hard thing, like God is still for me and with me. Do you still get asked to sing it at concerts now, despite the fact you had multiple other records since then? Like, does it still come up? Yeah, I do. And people and people will say, like, that song got me through a really hard time in my life. And um, usually the concerts that I sing it at is if you know, there has been a special request or I have like, you know, an hour and a half and I'm like, I need to pull in some yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But you know, it is a song about hope. I mean, the hope of God's presence. And I think that that is the chord that I often see in your songs. Um, was it weird to hear it on the radio? The first, was that the first song that made it to the radio? Yeah, it was. And it was surreal. Absolutely. Um, Does it uh, still feel weird? Or if you're like, ah, whatever. Oh, it's me yeah. again. <laughs> I mean, I don't... I, I don't listen to the radio very often. That sounds terrible. I listen to, you know, playlists or Spotify. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll catch a song on, you know, K-Love or something. It still is like, what, this is, was this real life, you know? But the first time, for sure, I was in the car with some of my friends who worked at my label and they, uh, this radio station Atlanta told us they were going to play it. And so we tuned in and waited and I'm sitting in the front seat driving down, I don't know, 85 or something. And I'm like, this is weird and amazing. Awesome. And thank you, Lord, that, uh, you know, I don't know what you're going to do with my life or my songs, but they're for you. And thank you that right now it's on the radio and people get to hear the hope of the promise yeah. that we have in Jesus. How, um, though you said you, that was the last one you wrote on your own. And so how do you collaborate with a song? You come up with the lyrics, the tune, like, how does that work? So it works. It just looks like people getting in a room together. I'm usually three people, uh, sometimes two, sometimes four, sometimes five, you never really know. But, um, a lot of times it's uh, three people in a room who you get together and you have a conversation and, and you go like, oh, what's on your heart to write today? Like anybody have any ideas, anybody walking through something that you just want to put in a song or articulate. Um, and usually it flows really easily. Um, and I love just having different perspectives in the room, you know, people who have come from different backgrounds and have different ideas and even different strengths, you know, um, 
but you have to trust them so much. I mean, because songs are so like that song, even reading the lyrics, it's so vulnerable and personal and like, you have to trust them so much, right? It's almost yeah. like a small group on steroids because you can't blow it. Because if you blow it, it's like you have the worst song, right? I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, Matt Revin always says there are no bad songs. There are just unfinished songs. So <laughs> I think it's like getting to the place where, yeah, it is a very vulnerable thing. Um, but everybody goes in understanding like we hold all our ideas loosely and we're going for the greater good and, you know, to make this song the best that it can be. We want it to win. We want it to be able to resonate with people right where they are. Do you so, often like show up with like, here are five I've been working on. Let's make them better. Or is it always from scratch? Uh, it's sometimes like, Hey, I have an idea. Just here's a concept. Usually mine are just concepts. This is something that God has been doing in my life. What he's been speaking to me. This is a sermon that I heard at church. Um, this is a thought that I've had just based on my circumstances or something else that someone is walking through. But sometimes it can be, I have like these lyrics or I have just a melody kind of to get us off the ground and, and to springboard from that. But I usually, Jacob, my husband, he's an amazing songwriter. Sometimes he'll come with, you know, almost a completed song to someone mm. because he gets like these downloads, you know, and he's so creative. And, um, how, how many of the songs that you sing he's created many, like, like how often do you collaborate every single song since you've been uh, married? Not or? every single song, but we do write a lot more these days than we did even, you know, starting out. And um, so you'll see, you know, my deeper record he wrote, I, probably half um, wow. of me. Um, the Faith and Wonder EP that's about to release in March. He, I think he wrote on all of them, but maybe one. So uh, we do collaborate a lot more now, and we'll just pull in different people in the room with us. And, but I love writing with him. Like he's sure. he's a genius, and that's so awesome. He's so behind the scenes, and, yeah. and I just love that about him. Now, what about not for a moment? Talk us talk to us about that because that was probably is that your biggest song? Would you say like best? Known? It probably is one of the biggest. Not that, and maybe open up the heavens. Or- We're gonna get to open up the heavens. I know because okay. it's still okay. like <laughs> such a common worship song in so many churches I've been to. I mean, but but not for a moment. You're reaching through the storm, walking on the water, even when I could not see in the middle of it all. When I thought you were a thousand miles away, not for a moment did you forsake me. Yeah. Not for a moment did you forsake me. Just so cool. Um, yeah. Group song. Like who who came up with yes title? It was actually an idea that Mia Fields had. She's one of our dearest friends, and we write a ton with her. She is one of the most brilliant writers I've ever encountered. Um, But there was a song that Matt Redman had written recently. It was when he released his Ten Thousand Reasons album. Mm -hmm. That's how old Not for a Moment is. Oh, but there was a song on that record called Never Once. And I think she I love that song. Too. So good. So good. And she was like, I want to write a song like that, that kind of instills people like hope in people, but says it in a new way. Um, and so she had that idea of like, not what if it's like not for a moment? So we just springboarded off of that title. And really, Lena, that uh, that song was a was one that God gave us before we even really knew we needed it um, for our lives, for our for our personal lives. Mm. Um, As we wrote that song, and before we released it or even recorded it, um, we walked through something really hard with my family. One of my younger brothers was just walking through a really hard season. bad choices, just trying to figure out his identity and and where he needed to be. Um, So that was just a really tough time. And then uh, not long after that, maybe just a week after, it was a couple days after Christmas. uh, I don't even remember what year. It probably would have been 2011 or 2012. Um, 
Jacob's uh, cousin, who's like a sister to him, lost her first baby at 30 weeks. She was born, uh, you know, stillborn. So, um, and the first time we ever sang this song in public was at her graveside. And so it's that thing of, you know, what the bridge says. It's like, in my hurt, at my worst, when my world falls down, not for a moment will you forsake me. And you need songs like that. You need words like that to cling to when everything is just falling or around you the ground is falling out beneath you and you just go I have a hope that will not disappoint me and it's not in what's going on around me it's not in my circumstances it's in the fact that Jesus loves me and has a plan for my life and he's with me even in the the biggest tragedy or you know the deepest heartache well you know songs are so fascinating to me cuz you can sit down and try to memorize a bible verse or a bible chapter or whatever and it's like you, so many pe- people struggle so much with that i mean the older i get the harder it is and yet you hear a song and like you could pull it out of your psyche like years oh, yeah. later it's amazing yeah it is amazing that's why i love putting scripture to to music <laughs> that's how i right. remember it it's um, so true. You should. Do you have a record of that? I mean, Steve Green used to do a lot of that back I in the eighties. Green did, and there's um, there's a there's an organization. Uh, it's called Seeds Family Worship, and they do that. They put scripture verbatim to music, and so I'll turn it on in the ki- in the car for my kids. But I'm the one that's <laughs> I'm memorizing scripture too, so it's pretty amazing. Well, I, I'm gonna download that. I mean, my, I mean, I see it in my nephews. I've got a five year old nephew, and the guy is like a sponge. And I think yeah. you know, even but even the 14 year old he to this day like he has no problem memorizing songs like he'll know lyric after lyric and i'm like dude i don't understand why it's so easy in the human brain to memorize that and yet sometimes so hard to memorize verse so it's good really good tip we probably put a link to seeds in our little thing in the bottom uh, of this podcast that would be helpful so yeah uh, well before we get to open up the heavens one of my favorite meredith andrews songs the gospel changes everything yeah it's such a simple song, but yeah. to this day, sometimes before I go teach, I'll, I'll just listen to it wow. and I just find it propels me to remember what it's all about. Yeah. And yeah. how did that come about? Yeah. Oh, I love that too, Lena. And I, I love the, the way that this song was written. So um, I wrote it with my friends, Paul Mabry and Benji Cowart. We were in Franklin, Tennessee um, on this particular day when we were writing. We actually ended up writing most of it outside. It was such a beautiful day. I think it was in the spring. And we sat on Paul's patio and um, sat around the table. And he was telling us this story about I don't remember exactly because it was so long ago, but um, basically a friend of his had had a conversation with a guy, maybe at a bar or something. I don't know. I'm just a random place and started talking to him about how Jesus had changed his life. And the guy just on the spot just gave his heart to to the Lord. We were just talking about the power of the gospel that that you don't have to put a bunch of bells and whistles on it. But when you just talk about how it's changed your own life, like it, it changes other people's too. And I think sometimes we think, well, I need all the lights and, and the production and, um, you know, the, all of this, but really you just, you talk about the simplicity of the gospel and the way that Jesus stepped out of heaven and, and, and left his glory just to meet us in the middle of our mess and to rescue us from it. Um, and to save us and, and to give us a hope and a future like that, that's the gospel right there. And, and people need that hope. People need to know, um, the good news. And so that's why we, it is a simple, simple song, but, uh, sometimes that's all you need just to remind us of what's true. 
uh, for sure. I mean, I, and I mentioned these songs. I mean, I, I hope that if you're listening right now, you guys are getting those on a playlist. All of, uh, honestly, all of these songs we're talking about are my, my playlists of favorite new worship. I have a, I have worship and then I've got new worship and your my new worship category is my most listened to. And these songs are on. So moving into like the, your season with vertical band, some awesome songs on that record. I think the first couple of records that came up, of course, open up the heavens, just an amazing worship song by all means. Um, did you guys know it would be so like, I, I just, I've been to small churches, big churches, Baptist and non, you, you name the kind of church and it, it yeah. pops up and I'm like, man, the reach of that song is like really expanded. Did you guys see that coming? No, for sure. Not. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it's like you write a song. My friend, Andy Rozier, who yeah. wrote on the song with me, he always says. You two wrote it? You and Andy? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a bunch of us. There were like five okay, of us. Okay. Okay. But, um, it was really his kind of his baby at first because it was something that he would pray every Sunday. Like, God, we waited for this day. We're gathered in your name. We're calling out. Like he would literally pray those lyrics. And then he's like, I'll oh. just put this in a song. Um, but wow. he always says songs are like boats. You build the boat and then you put it in the water and you build, you know, you raise the sail. But God is the one who puts the wind in the sail of the boat. And so anytime we're writing songs, you never have you never have any inclination of the reach. It might just be for a handful of people. It might just be for your mom. It might just be between you and the Lord. Um so you just write songs and you you try to be obedient in that and just go, God, I trust you with this. You know, send it where it needs to go. That record, um, Frontiers, is so awesome. I think you sing the Come Holy Spirit song is yeah. awesome. Um, where's the one? I'm looking at my, there's another song in that season, um, Spirit of the Living God. Yeah. I have a friend who listens to it. Tina Wachke, you know her. She listens to it before her quiet time every day. Wow. That's it's awesome. just amazing. I mean, Simple words that are a heart expression. That's what worship leading is. And, uh, you know, you, you have an ability to bring us into the presence of God. Maybe stepping away from the songs for a minute. How do you, like, talk to us a bit about your quiet time and, you know, just sort of how do you get, you have three kids, you're busy, you've got a lot of stuff going on. How do you turn off the noise so that you can mm-hmm. tune into the Lord every single yeah. day? Yeah. When my kids were really little, I struggled with it and I would beat myself up. I just, because I was, I used to be so disciplined when I was in high school and college and I would spend time with the Lord pretty much every day, you know, and I get up early and I get in the word and I pray. And, um, when I started having babies and I was sleep deprived, I was like, God, I don't know how to do this. (laughs) He's like, it doesn't, it just needs to look different. Don't get so rigid. Like, I can meet you wherever you are. And so I learned to find God, you know, when I was changing diapers and nursing babies and washing dishes and, um, and now it's like this ebb and flow. And I, I just feel, I just, it's like the, the scripture in, what is it? Thessalonians somewhere. It says, pray without ceasing. Um, I, we need to be disciplined and and you're super disciplined, Lena. And I like even reading and, and like, I've got this designated time, but I think there's also a lot of grace too, for especially the young moms who are out there going like, how do I have quiet time without, you know, having to wake up at four 30 in the morning because my kids wake up at five or whatever. And, and I get that when you're just tired and exhausted, but, um, the Lord is, bringing me into a season of, um, of a renewed discipline of a renewed getting up early, spending time with him. Um, and what it looks like for me, I used to pray, uh, pacing my floor and I would, that's how I would like not fall asleep. Mm. I'd kind of keep my brain going. And I, and I still love to do that, but God is, 
um, has been really speaking to me a lot about uh, walking into a season of listening where I'm not just talking all the time and I'm not just rattling off a bunch of prayer requests, but um, that's really important. Intercession is so important and I, I never want to neglect that, but I also want to be able to listen, hear the voice of God, see where he's directing me and, and pray accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I think we miss out when we think that prayer is just me talking. It's actually a big part of it is listening as well. Um, and then, of course, God, when he speaks to our hearts, like he's only going to speak according to his word. So he, he never contradicts himself. And so I go to the word and I go, OK, God, what are you saying about this? And um, where does it say that in your word? And and how, you know, all of those things. And um <clears throat> So yeah, I, I I don't have a like every morning I get up at five. Right, right. But um, but well, just I, I actually think it's a gift to hear that because even for me, I mean, I'm so disciplined, but my life has gone so busy, and right. and I I think that you can make an idol out of the set time, the set place, and what you're saying, like have self condemnation and guilt over, well, I'm not doing that. And Chris Gain made the same point you are like it's it's like a relationship. Intimacy looks different. She gave an example of her husband, like it looks different in different seasons of life, right. and like right. it's the same with the Lord. Like you just have to see it as a relationship, not as a duty. You know, it's a, it's an awesome thing. It becomes a delight. And you're like, I just want to talk, I just want to talk to the Lord about this, or I want to hear what he has to say about this in my life. And, and that can be as I'm driving in my car or, or whatever. You've you've tweeted some, I've come across a couple of your tweets that I've, I've actually gone to read the books that you've tweeted and both that of recent times that I went to read have been similar themes, I think, but very good. And I would highly recommend them to others. So you read a lot. Um, the one is the, what's his name? The Jesus culture. That book rooted is is it called rooted? And the other one, the hidden book, is that what it's called? It's called anonymous. I mean, both both sort of carry same themes. You know, I found it interesting. I read both and loved both and would highly recommend both. And I, I, I want to ask, A, if there's anything else that you've read recently that is really amazing. But they sort of covered these themes. I mean, you're not a very hidden person. I mean, you're sort of in a season where you are to the, to the observing eye doing a lot. Do, did you feel attention, like maybe seasons of life, you have kids now, like did you feel, do you feel hidden or do you feel like you're living your best life yet? To, to, yeah. to, you know? <laughs> You know, perception is such a funny thing, especially like on social media. Um, you know, uh, when I first released a record, Lena, in 2008, um, there was a lot of hype around that record. There was a lot of hype around me and, and nothing lived up to the hype. <laughs> and I remember kind of like it, I watched other artists that had signed around the same time as I had, who had released projects the same time as I had, you know, they're taking off and, um, and I'm just feel like I'm just kind of like piddling along, you know? Mm. And, um, I was like, God, I thought you called me to this. And the Lord was so sweet and tender, but just basically slapped me upside the face and said, Meredith, why would you think that just because you didn't sell a certain number of records that I didn't call you to this? Because my definition of success is different from the world's definition of success. And that is a lesson that I've had to learn over the last 11 years. And there have been seasons in my life where I have felt very hidden. Yeah, people would still listen to my music. Yeah, people would still, you know, um, what maybe see me on um, yeah. On, on a tour or on Instagram or whatever, but there were things that I was praying for that weren't happening. And I felt very overlooked. And and there were certain scenarios where, um, you know, I, I just had to go, God, I'm going to give you this disappointment because I feel forgotten. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe my time is coming to an end. Um, you know, when I had my first son, I, there was a moment when that happened and it was actually the day that I got two Dove Awards, but <laughs> that was the way that God proved to me. Cause I, that morning that 
You're yeah. like, I'm going to quit it all. No, yeah. No, that morning I was like, God, are you finished with me? Like, it's fine if you are. Just please let me know, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I need to just stay home and be a mom, like, okay. Um, but just tell me. And so that night I, I didn't even get to go to the Doves because I was working at a church and it was the Wednesday before Good Friday. And you don't go anywhere yeah. Easter week yeah. if you work at a church. So I was bathing my son and, and feeding him. And I got a call from my friend who was there. And she was just like, Mary, you just won a Dove Award. And then she oh called me God. back later. She's like, you just won another other one. That's so awesome. I wasn't supposed to win. I didn't expect to win. I I shouldn't have won. I'm not being modest. I really shouldn't have. But God was just saying to me, like, I have not forgotten you. I am not done with you. And I will give you two gold birds to prove it. (laughs) That's awesome. And it just, what do you, what what have you learned success is in God's eyes? Success is obedience. It's not accomplishments. It's not accolades. It's not um, followers on Instagram or records sold in, in, in my world. Success is faithfulness and obedience. It's consistency. It's mm-hmm. longevity. I'm, on, I'm, I'm not on a sprint to win it. I'm on a marathon and I, I want to finish well. I want to finish strong. I want my character and my integrity to be intact when I cross the finish line. Um, and I want my life to look like I'm a worshiper of Jesus, not just a singer of songs. That's so good. Oh, I, I really love that. I know that many people in my close circles are going, are you listening? Are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's so encouraging. And uh, what are you working on now? Well, I just, uh, from an out, outward perspective, I guess, I um, just am re- about to release a my very first live worship EP. So we've released three songs, December, January, and February, and then the um, whole EP comes out March 8th. So we recorded it in Nashville. Uh, I saw you put out, I think, a call for people to come, right? Yeah. I was so tempted to come down. I, I think I had a conflict. That looks so cool, huh? Yeah, it was amazing. And I'm probably going to do another one, so maybe you want to come to that one. I know. <laughs> Right, right. What, what is your what is it called? Tell us today. Faith and wonder. And is that what's the? I mean, do you love working out? I mean, like, is it, tell us something about that. Yeah. So it was um, six songs again that Jacob and I wrote five of them together, and um, it's all songs for the church. And we had uh, friends come in and collaborate with us. People that you know from Bethel, Phil Wickham, Upper Room. Mm-hmm. like different people that we were able to just kind of um, join with and write songs together and just really special. Um, it was really cool. Jacob produced it. Um, and he did an amazing job. Um, we recorded it at rocket town, which is where our church meets. Our church is called the belonging. And, uh, that, it felt like church, you know, um, That's so awesome. This really you lead worship in your church. Yes, I do. But I just volunteer, you know, I was on staff for 10 years and now I just volunteer about twice a month and it's pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, it's, I see, a, I know a lot of people who go to that church and just so much happening down there. So much, yeah. uh, just, it's exciting to, to know that you're so, um, you're in a good place. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Nashville is like the place to be out here right now. No, we love it. We're, we feel like God's called us to be here and we're really grateful. Well, how can, tell us, uh, like people can go to iTunes, find your, find your songs. Are you on Twitter? How can people connect with you? Yeah. iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, it's Mare Music, M-E-R-E Music. On Facebook, it's just, I think, facebook.com slash Meredith Andrews. Um, but yeah, it's all on there. Well, I just literally, I mean, I had seen, I, I don't know why I missed this, but I just bought your iTunes, which I know every human who is like 
30 and under thinks it's crazy that somebody would buy a song because you can go to <laughs> Spotify, but I am one of those old fashioned people. I like having it in my playlist. And so, and I have I, Apple songs, but it's just an old fashioned thing anyway. So I just bought it, which is good, right? I mean, you want Lena, right? I appreciate that very much. Yes. <laughs> no, I totally get it. But I just did it automatically. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I hear my nephew's voice. Why are you paying for songs? But no, it's <laughs> awesome. And I, I really pray that God, Meredith, will continue to use you mightily. Honestly, your lyrics are so hopeful this is the hope podcast and i just i every song that i hear that you've sang is and i and i just i, I want to take a second to encourage you because this people will do that to me and i don't know like I, I just want you to hear it like i don't listen to all of the people who are so famous and so selling bazillion records and i know you i'm just saying like i listen to Meredith andrews and so for better or for worse you're blessing a buttload of people people and i'm one of them and you put me you put me in a space you help put me in a space to connect with god and i think to me that is a gift and so i want to thank you for that well thank you that's what i want more than anything you know i don't want people to go like wow your music is amazing necessarily but i want them to actually when they listen to have an encounter with god that they might not have otherwise because of a lyric or because of just the way that god moves in and and begins to speak to their hearts through the words of each song and, and that's what i'm after is for people to get a higher view of god and have a revelation of who he is and just experience him because he was meant to be we're meant to experience him so thanks for saying that well we love you and listen we'll be praying for you for this album to be released i'm going to have all of the links for meredith's songs links for her twitter facebook whatever it is that she mentioned and um guys it's been awesome to be with you guys this uh, hour uh, if you have any emails questions looking for resources check out livingwithpower.org or download the app living with power you know you can email me lena at living with power uh, have an awesome day and i will see you guys again next week 